who am I outside of, mm. you know, a uniform or something that somebody was like, this is who you, who you are. Welcome back to this week's episode of Be Boulder. This week, I am joined by one of my Thompson High teammates, Jasmine Hurley, and she will in a second tell you a little bit about herself, but we're going to continue down our train of let it hurt, let it suck, let it go, and moving on to these amazing next steps in our lives. So Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us, and why don't you tell us a little bit about your background for those who are listening today? Okay, awesome. Well, first of all, thank you, Lindsay, for asking me to be on your podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, so a little bit about myself, uh, the bullet points, not an Ohio native, grew up in Massachusetts, um, come from a military family. Um, so it made sense that I then joined the military when I turned 18. I went to West Point, graduated in 2005, served in the Army active duty for five and a half years as a military police officer got to travel the world, got to deploy, um, had some, some fun times, decided in 2011 to transition out of the military, worked in a corporate environment for a couple of years. It wasn't really agreeing with me. Um, my employer also agreed with me that it wasn't agreeing <laughs> with me, and um, we parted ways. Um, but that really was a catalyst for me to sit down and say, what, okay, what do I really want to do with my life? Um, and that led me to law school. So um, I was accepted to law school within months of leaving my job and graduated in 2016. I've been practicing law um, since then. Um, I've, I've worked at a couple different firms and I'm here now at Thompson Hine working with Lindsay and it's amazing and I love it. Um, and so it focused mainly on um, new venture work, but I've also done a spectrum of things um, from <laughs> bankruptcy litigation and um, creditors, creditors rights work to intellectual property, um, trademarks, copyrights to um, employment negotiate, employment oh, <laughs> settlement yeah. negotiation. So um, I feel like it's, uh, I, I've done a little bit of a lot of things to try to figure out what exactly I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. Um, and I think I've firmly landed on where it is I'm supposed to go. Um, when I'm not practicing law, um, I'm a mom and a wife. I have two children, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Uh, my husband is also a veteran of the United States Army. Um, and so we try to give back as much as we can. I work with different organizations, um, High Women Veterans Foundation, Bunker Labs, um, various other organizations to um, try to better the uh, lives of veterans, whether it's just in general or uh, veteran entrepreneurs specifically. So, Awesome. Well, let me certainly say this to you and your husband. Thank you for your service because I recognize that freedom isn't free. And so uh, we appreciate you and everything that you've done for us and our country because I know that stuff can be really tough. But I think that's where you met your husband, isn't it? Did I, you meet there? We did, yes. So I may or may not have been his boss. Um, one of those little taboo things that we don't talk about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, it it's one of those little things I look back on. I'm like, if our, our meeting and being in the same spot at the same time was just, I mean, it, it had to happen in, the, in that way, in that uh, situation, because otherwise we would have never met. 
Um, so I, I always look back at this, the situations that brought me to people and, and, um, you know, there's, there's no such thing as a, as a, a negative situation. I feel like there's always a way to learn or some good that's come out of, uh, maybe some things that were less than comfortable <laughs> at that time, <laughs> you know, no, so. and I think such a beautiful way to look at it too, because I think a lot of people forget that you know, sometimes we have these horrible things that are happening and unfolding before us and then, or, you know, tough environments or whatever it's going to be. But a lot of times they end up giving us or opening doors or giving us these amazing gifts that, you know, yep. but for having those spoken like true attorney, but for, I know, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but for having those, we wouldn't have that. I mean, and it's wild, right? To your point, yes, maybe I would imagine, you know, serving overseas and being away from family and friends for extended period of time was probably incredibly hard and challenging. And it probably took a toll on you to some degree. And then, you know, you meet someone really special who you start a whole life with. So yeah, kind of a blessing, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even, even being, um, you know, just away and kind of on my own, I knew, you know, we, we all go through chapters. I, I, you know, I'll go through chapters of life and, being on my own and being a real adult and being away from my parents and being away from family in general, that's where, uh, you know, I, I felt like I had a great opportunity to build, uh, you know, we call it the tribe, the friend, you know, the friend group, the fam friend family group. And I, you know, I was very, very fortunate to be stationed near people. I was, um, you know, in a serious relationship with someone else at the time. Um, you know, we happened to just only be two, two hours away, but I had other friends who were close um, and, you know, expanding the friend group that I'm still friends with today, you know, so, um, um, uh, yeah, it was scary, but it was also, um, a wonderful opportunity as a young adult, um, lots of response. I realize I look at it now. I'm like, man, I was given way too much responsibility and freedom at like 20 something years old. And I'm really, really happy. I didn't <laughs> squander <laughs> squander that or get myself into to, to some um, questionable situations. So kudos yeah. to my parents on um, instilling the fear of <laughs> retribution. There's consequences, that. Right? Yeah, that good old, it's that good old guilt that uh, right. I, right. I was raised Catholic. So I felt like I was guilty for things I don't even know that happened or didn't happen. Like it was yeah. just what like, happened. <laughs> I didn't kill Jesus. Like, why, why, why am I upset? Yeah, I went to Catholic school, so I completely understand. Like, being a Baptist in a Catholic school, you're like, Ooh. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I just feel very, very guilty about everything all the time, <laughs> all the time, yeah. all, the time. <laughs> all the time for things you did not do. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, you did that, but I feel guilty for it. So, guess is, guess this is how we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, how funny, how funny. So, speaking of that, you know, when you had to transition from, let's say, you know military life to job life yeah. or maybe first career life to second career life you know did you feel any like struggles or guilt or anything like that associated with any of those changes and how did you deal with that yeah and I mean I still feel some of them sometimes not so much guilt but it's more just like was this the right right way to do it um transitioning out of the military is difficult so much so that um you know, I, I have a friend who puts it very succinctly. He says, the military trains you how to be in the military, but it never trains you how to be out of the military. They're just kind of like, 
goodbye, you know, here you go. You get a week long class when you have years and years of training um, put behind what you're doing. And so, yeah, there was a struggle to try to figure out um, what I want to do. Who do I want to be when I grow up? Coupled with, um, and I think some people go through this. I think I went through it a little bit more because of my upbringing in a pretty strict household who am I outside of, you know, a uniform or something that somebody was like, this is who you, who you are. You know, I went from being in, um, you know, a, a fairly strict, um, but you know, strict, but loving household of being like, this is, these are your boundaries right. to another, um, you know, to another environment that was like, here are your boundaries. Sure. They were a little bit wider, but, but I still had boundaries. I was 28 years old. You're newly married. And you're like, I don't even know what I want to do with my life. I don't even know who I am. Like, do, do I like this? Do I not like this? What kind of TV do I, I get to watch TV? Where do I hang out with friends that, how do I make friends? You know, because yeah. <laughs> do I make friends at work? Do I, what do I, what do I even do? Um, you know, and it, it's just horrendous when you're just also socially awkward, like I am, where you're like, I don't know how this works. Um, so, it, you know, I, I, I look back at the, the couple of years in between um, 2011, 2013, when I left the military, transitioned out um, and was working at my first job, um, you know, I, I didn't feel comfortable myself. I felt pretty awkward. Um, I'm sure I was very awkward sauce to everybody um, and just like not... <laughs> you know, probably just a very awkward person. Um, cause I was just trying to figure things out. Um, I felt like I started honing in on that at when I went to law school. Okay. Because I felt like I had a little bit more time to just sit and, and think about things on a, you know, law school kind of makes you think about things on a grander level, you know, like where do I fit into this grand profession? Where do I fit mm -hmm. in? in this world. Um, also turning 30 helps you <laughs> like, I got to get my stuff together because I'm turning 30 yeah. and you know, I've been married for a couple of years. I'm probably going to have kids soon. Um, you know, that's, that was our, our, our plan. So I should probably figure out my stuff mm -hmm. before I bring in this tiny person who has zero idea about what's, you know, what's going on. Can't even like feed themselves and communicate in the, the same way that everybody else does. So I think that that really, um, helped shape figuring out who I was, figuring out what I wanted to do, um, in, in my, my purpose and path moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I always look back at entering law school as, you know, I felt like there was a fundamental shift in that where, you know, I had that, that, awkwardness and that confusion and then I look back at law school and I don't feel like I was that way sure. I feel like this okay this is the path this is what you're supposed to be on and I felt like I knew which way you know there was a way forward in in moving you know you go to law school you graduate you could take the bar or you can you know do something else but mm -hmm. at least there was some way forward that I could, um, that I could move as opposed to before. It was like, well, you could go here, you could do this, you could, you know, continue to work for this company, you could go work for another company. What do you do? Whatever the high you're for, you know, it was just <laughs> way too, way too open. And I felt like I was just wandering. Sure. 
So you had to let go some of the structure and you had to let go some of the like, okay, then you went yeah. into no boundaries. And then I guess <laughs> kind of brings back some boundaries to some degree, right? You got to get the work right. done. Or you don't pass. You got to take the bar exam or you can't be a lawyer, right? right. So, well, and I, and I think it's, it's figuring out, okay, what boundaries are, um, you know, what structure and what boundaries are um, healthy, Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, we, the military is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful organization that is set up in the way to get results in certain ways. Not all of it is positive. Uh, not all of the interactions are positive. Not all of the, the motivating ways to motivate people are positive. Ultimately, they're probably the most negative and abusive ways that you can motivate. So, like if you did it to your kid, you'd be like, um, why are you yelling at the person like that? Right. That's okay. Um, I, and, and, you know, having acted in, in a certain manner towards a coworker and then someone saying like, you can't, you can't do that. You can't say that. That's not, and you're like, you're right. Noted. Noted. <laughs> Noted. So you know, uh, realizing what's, what's healthy, what, what is uh, productive in implementing those things. I always joke to my husband, you know, I, I feel like I'm more military now than when I was in, because I've, I've figured out how to implement the, you know, certain things more positively into my life and how they, they can work and be, um, advantageous as opposed to before. I was like, why am I doing this? This doesn't even make any sense. This, what was the point of this? Um, and now I'm like, oh yeah, trackers are amazing because I'm a hot mess. If I don't have a tracker, if I, if I don't have a checklist, I don't have a tracker, I'm a hot mess. I'm going to forget everything. Uh, Mine's just like a running 65 page notebook. I didn't, I didn't say the tracker wasn't a running 65 page notebook. <laughs> There's a tracker. It's, it's just like running dates of like, yeah, like get this done somehow. Cushion mark. <laughs> <laughs> Double check with Lindsay on this one. Cause do it. Cushion, cushion, cushion. Yeah. Too funny. So, okay. You, how did you feel law school was for you? I'm always curious about this because I think a lot of people have a lot of different experiences in law school, good, bad, and different. I mean, it teaches you a mindset, but yes. Yeah. And well, I mean, I think I, I figured out the game of law school pretty early because I'd already been in a similar game. Um, the West Point already uses some of the Socratic method. Mm. Uh, so I was like, all right, I gotta, I can't look like an idiot. I'm one of the older, you know, as a non-traditional student entering sure. law school is at 30. You can't look like an idiot. Everyone's be like, that old lady's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> like, you just take a time out, like being 30 in law school is question mark old. Like, it, but the, I mean, some of those kids are 21 years old when they enter law school. It's just like, and it, yeah, it blows my mind. Some of them are like, yeah, I can drink now. And I'm like, I've been drinking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking. What are you talking about? Um, but I, one of the things that, that led me to the University of Dayton was it was a smaller school and I saw um, a wonderful mix of students. So mm-hmm. you had your younger students, you had your students who quite obviously came from privileged backgrounds and students who you knew that they were working their way through. Um, and then older students, I, the oldest student in my class, I do believe was 
60 something years old. Wow. I mean, he graduated from the Air Force Academy the year I was born. So that that kind of gives you a, a, an idea of how how old um, he our, our oldest student was. Um, That's amazing. You know. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, now he works for Governor DeWine, and it's all good. And you know, I, I think I see him at least once every couple months when I'm in yeah. in the building, and I'm just like, hey, we always like we should get lunch, and then it never happens. Uh, <laughs> so, but you know, seeing seeing folks like that is was helpful to me because I was like, okay, you're supposed to be here. Um, yeah. I didn't feel like it was difficult. Okay. Because, you know, I was like, this is my job, and it was great. It was like I get to study all the time. Did I study as officially? Probably not. I mean, I sort of slacked off after my, my second year, partly because I had my daughter, I gave birth to my daughter into my second and third years. Oh, um, but also by the time I rolled into my third year, I already had an offer, um, at my first firm. So I was like, graduate. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, survive this, this first year of your child's life. Um, those are, were kind of like my, my key things. And I slacked off a little bit, but I knew, you know, I, I, I generally knew what I wanted to practice. I generally knew where I wanted to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I wanted to be more involved in, um, giving back to the, the student body in general, as opposed to like law review. And it, it all just sounded really miserable. Everybody just sounded super miserable writing a paper and I was like this is right achievement of your yeah this is kind of <laughs> academic achievement and everyone's like I hate this I hate everything about my life and I was like well I'm gonna go be a TA I'm gonna go you know work on the uh, student bar um I'm gonna hang out with my family I, it was the first time so me entering law school was the first time that my husband and I also were living in the same house for the first time since we got married Duh. yeah so we had been married for two years uh, going on three years before uh, we were actually permanently living in, under the same roof. So I would, I would work. Yeah. So he's stationed down in, uh, at Fort Campbell. I would work all week. And then on Fridays I'd have my car loaded up and from, I would leave work and drive the five and a half hours down to Clarksville, Tennessee. Stay five and a half hours time. every week? Every other week. Every other week. Yeah. Oh. So I joked yeah. that I was every other week I'd commute that I, I joked that I was commuting back home because we had a house, we had bought a house in Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, so yeah, so I, every other week I drive down on Friday night, I get in about like 10, 11, hang out on Saturday. And then Sunday evening, I would drive back home and, you know, back get, in the car. Get, get back in the car and drive, drive home and go back to my tiny little apartment in Grove city. Um, so, you know, I was, I was more focused on, you know, doing well, Sure. But not, not killing myself. Right. right. I mean, it was like the ultimate slacker. <laughs> slacker. Like, I mean, I, I was, I was in the top 10 of my class after the first semester. Oh, wow. Everybody else then got their stuff together and figured out how to law school. And I was like, sure. I'm, I'm okay, cool. Uh, but I still, you know, I still got a scholarship for, right. you know, being a summer associate um, at, at my first firm, you know, they're diverse, one of their diverse summer associates. I still worked with them, still went back to, you know, went back for the next semester, the next summer and got a job offer. So for me, I was like, I was more concerned about really experiencing what was going on and being productive, but not 
like killing myself to the point where it wasn't fun. And sure. I didn't want to practice law once I got out of law school because I was so burnt out. Which was basically me anyway. As yeah. <laughs> well, didn't you also do an MBA? Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that. Dumb. It was a great move, but like also like you don't think about like how that extra stress and pressure just yeah. like applies a whole nother level of like it makes you just get to a point you're like I don't I don't care well I also think <laughs> you are also in a different environment too because you were coming up on the the recession of 08 and 09. oh it was yeah so you it was a different dynamic as opposed to you know coming out of law school in 2016 things <laughs> were starting to yeah everyone's like oh and and now it's just like you want a job you want a job you you can pick whatever you want. You want to do it. You want to work at home? Yeah. You want to yeah. get those peepee rocks fly up to Mars and do your thing? These are the days. Like, what is happening? Wild, wild west out here. Run on associates. It's like, oh. do you want to work here? Do you want to work here? And you're like, whoa, no, no, leave me alone. So wild. It's so wild. So, how did you feel about your first couple of, of roles? And what, I, what would you say are the most, uh, significant good and bad things that yeah. you learned from those yeah um I I think I I think I came into being an associate with some high expectations of both myself and the people around me mm. um, and I mean that in the nicest way possible um we as lawyers are very, very good at what we do when it comes to lawyering. We as lawyers are very, very bad as managers. And so I'm always very, very happy when I meet good managers who either just kind of get out of the way and guide or are the ones who really sit down and give the concerted feedback and actually kind of care. Um, and I'm, I'm, my husband constantly reminds me like, hey, you are comparing apples and oranges when you are like leadership in the army, leadership in the the real world because yeah. everyone's trained this, you know, in the military, we're all trained and most of us still do it badly, you know, on, on any given day because we're human beings and we're governed by our emotions 99% of the time. So, you know, the same thing um, I've, I've really had to, to remind myself it, everyone's in, in the same boat. Sure. When, when it comes to, um, you know, be, being an attorney, being a partner, um, not everyone un figures it out because we are, partners are kind of just kind of thrown into it too. You're like, and now you're a partner. And, and you have a bunch of people you've got to tell what to do. Right. <laughs> so it, it's always encouraging when I see, um, you know, a, there's, there's like a progression of, you know, okay, what, here's what we're expected of you when you're at this level as an associate, because, you know, work with the, you know, we want you to be working with these associates because then you, you figure it out. You, you, everyone eventually figures out what their managerial style is good, bad, indifferent. Um, so that was, that was probably the one thing that struck me, um, transitioning and into becoming an attorney, um, also, not everybody knows exactly what they're talking about, um, and that's okay. And uh, that's okay. And I've become, I'm learning to become comfortable with um, pushing back when I think I'm right. Probably too comfortable, as some people would probably attest. <laughs> I'm like, no. What do you mean? I think I'm, I think I'm right um, <laughs> in, in certain situations. So, um, and 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 I'm. I'm 
I'm happy. I'm happy to do that because I, I'm, I feel like I'm also advocating for myself and my, my expertise, you know, and no one really wants that one person who is just like, yeah, uh-huh. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. If it's wrong, it's, it, it's wrong. Oh. Or, you know, somebody is not thinking about what, what's, what's going to hurt if I end up being wrong. I learned something new. If I ask the question and I end mm-hmm. up being wrong, the person can be mad with me for 10 minutes and never give me work ever again. But at least now I know the reasoning behind why I was wrong or I was right. And, you know, we caught the issue for the client moving forward. Um, So, yeah, I guess those are some some of the bad things. Some of the great things that I've learned is that, um, again, everyone's kind of in this together. And so UD, it was very, very good about being like, look, this, this is a collegial environment. You're only going to meet maybe one or two of those jokers who are just the worst to work with. Mm-hmm. The town is small, you know, in sure. but like the town is small, but uh, you know, any town in Ohio is small. So be careful about right. what, what type of image you are putting out there. You can be firm, you can be fair, but don't be a dick for lack sure. of a better, <laughs> better term. For all the time. <laughs> right. You know, you, and you know, when you're going up, everybody knows when you go up against those certain people. And um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm was happy to, to learn that and, and to implement that. And I see law school friends who did not, um, and I'm not going to even say friends, law school classmates who did not get that in their head beforehand. And um, now, I mean, if they, they called certain people, they would not be, they, they, we would be less inclined to help them out of a jam or offer a job to them because they're just so unpleasant to be around. Yeah. It's kind of funny. We always forget, like it is a small world, even if it's, you know, like I think about the venture space too, like venture, although it's nationwide, it's actually not that big of a community when we really think about it. So think about how many times we've bumped up against the same firms over and over and over again. And sometimes you you see one of them come up and you're like, Uh, you do that like eye roll and you're like, well, this is going to be a thing. (laughs) This is going to be delightful. Uh, Yeah. And I I mean, that's, that's probably the biggest, biggest positive lesson I've learned is that it's, it's a long, um, it's a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. And so it makes sense to be collegial, um, to, to be nice, to cut some people, some slack in a, um, in a way that doesn't put yourself or your client, you know, in a, in a bad spot, but we like, no one's, no one's being shot at. No one's being, you know, no one's, no one's life is is on the line at this moment right. in time so there's no reason why we can't slow down and figure it out exactly exactly i say that all the time we're in law and finance no one's dying here today no this one is like if, so, if someone's dying then like we got yes. bigger, we got a bigger issue yeah there's something wrong here like we should not be handling this like if someone's dying i'm like mm, no i'm I mean, I have had people die and it's like the stories are like insanity and then trying to manage through it is also equally insane. But anyway, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other episode. That's true. That would be on the Patreon. That's channel. the Patreon. <laughs> so, 
Um, want, without you revealing want some stars? Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh gosh. So I'm curious about this because I know, um, look, the world can be a tough place sometimes um, for women in the law, but when we add, you know, you're a diverse woman in the law, you are a veteran diverse woman in the law. We just kind of keep, you know, adding these, these, um, you know, unique factors to you, but they can oftentimes, you know, people, I think, wrongly make assumptions about, you know, they think, well, and a veteran's going to think this way, or, you know, a female's going to think this way. What are some of the toughest lessons that you've learned uh, so far through, uh, you know, just being unique? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think sometimes um, being unique, it does put a spotlight on on you. Um, sometimes it's a good spotlight. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've, I feel like I've had more, um, positive experiences, um, you know, with my colleagues and clients, because they're like, I want to work with you because I feel like you understand me being a woman, a veteran, a woman of color. Um, there have been some folks who, you know, have, have said, um, you know, you have to be uh, that much better. You, you, you can't, your hours can't be low. You're, you know, because then everyone's going to say, okay, your mom, obviously she's not going to want to work as hard. Your mm-hmm. woman of color, obviously she's not going to want to work as hard, which is not true. Um, and so hearing things, things like that has been frustrating, um, particularly because they're coming from people who look like me and you're like, like what why what why are you uh you know why why are you putting that on me um again that's a whole other podcast uh episode there but you know so that's that's something that um I, I have to try very very hard not to allow to become um part of the inner mantra Mm-hmm. of, um, you know, when, when, a because inevitably I'm, I'm, I'm going to mess something up. Like I messed three things up just in the last three, three days of, you know, it, it happens, you fix it, you move on. Um, yeah. but you know, I have to make sure that it then doesn't, I don't internalize it. And it's difficult because, um, you know, those comments, I've, I've heard those comments more than once my whole life. Um, so it's very, very, uh, you know, I have to work very hard to make sure that it doesn't become part of the internal dialogue and the internal, um, mantra of like, of course you didn't, you know, your mom, no one's going to expect you to want to hit, to, to hit these. Um, of, of course they, you, they know you're going to fail because, you know, you're a woman of color or, um, you know, so it's, it's, I just have to work very, very hard to make sure that I don't internalize that. And I mm-hmm. internalize the positive of, you know, our clients want to work with me because I have a unique background. I bring a perspective to the table for veterans, for women veterans, for, um, you know, veterans of color who are not in the legal space. Um, you know, as, as you, as you take off each of the uh, unique factors, the, the population decreases exponentially, um, you know, to the point where the Ohio Supreme Court has just started tracking people who are uh, in the military or, uh, you know, of, of veteran status amongst the legal field. 
And you're like, why would you not be tracking that? <laughs> Wouldn't you want to know? That the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. Um, you know, and so uh, that's that's one of the, the kind of the crusades that I have is um, bringing more awareness to veterans within the, the legal space because I don't think we are thought of as much and we are um, a, a diverse group of group of people um, because we we have a couple of the diversity factors, um, including, um, you know, disability, um, you know, so bringing, bringing kind of all of those factors to the table, plus the, the veteran status. So, um, I've, I've had chats with folks about like, Hey, why is that not something that we are also considering? Or, you know, and, and whenever anybody asks for, um, demographics, I always say, please make sure you also provide this to whoever has asked for demographics, because I think that's important. You never, you never know who's looking at those and is like, yes, we, right. we want to know who else, who the veterans are, you know, we're, we're rapidly growing population. Um, mm-hmm. and with the, with the changes in, um, our, our current, um, you know, our, our current operations, mm-hmm. more and more folks are going to get out. Yeah, folks are, are moving into the workforce, um, becoming veterans. So it makes sense to, to keep track of who's who's coming out and, and those folks with that unique um, background. For sure. For sure. So, I mean, I totally I totally sympathize with at least like the and I think I've probably said it like I feel like I have to be 20 percent better than the best man in the room all the time. You know, everybody is like just waiting for the failure or the trip up or the misstep or whatever, even if it's not real, it's just perceived. And that's just such a tough battle. So what do you do in terms of self-care? I guess I would say to manage some of that and keep the the bad out and let the good in. Uh, Food and spiraling. No, I'm kidding. Um, Mostly food. food. Yeah, (laughs) it was just horrible. Um, No. So this is something that I've, I've really had to revamp. Um, and still in the process of kind of figuring out what that looks like because, um, you know, my, my children are transitioning into a different stage too, where I can leave them yeah. alone for, you know, for 10 minutes and they'll play. Just because you, and, and you don't have to work because you can, just because you can't hear them or see them doesn't mean they're like sticking their fingers in sockets, right. you know, yeah. getting past them. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, if there is silence, I do get very, very suspicious. <laughs> What are you guys doing? What's going on? Usually my son is climbing on something. Oh. Um, and my daughter's just playing. And I'm like, did sure. you not see? She's like, you wanted to yeah. pull him off the bookshelf or no? Yeah. She was like, yeah, I saw him. I'm like, savage, man. You are savage. Wants to be an only child. <laughs> she said that more than once. Um, but yeah, so I I I've started taking up cross stitch again. I have uh, various levels of art projects. Um, so art and music, being creative in general is something that I really, really enjoy. Um, and I don't get to do it, didn't really get to do it much um, throughout law school. And so all, my whole time in the army um, and in law school, music was my focus. I play guitar. Um, and so, you know, I wrote a lot of songs. That was kind of the way that I channeled, especially deployed, channeled a lot of the emotion and just kind of um, general negativity to, mm-hmm. to kind of get it out in a positive manner. Um, I also worked out a lot when I was deployed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't work out anymore. Um, so I feel I like do, I'm telling you. Eat so much. Yeah. 
I need to. I keep my husband's life. Yeah, you got a gym membership. I'm like, no. Sure do. Uh, Thanks for the reminder. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I know we're paying for it. I see it every month. Um, (laughs) So trying to get back into that and channeling it into creativity. Um, You know, my, my daughter loves art too. Um, and I feel like I'm at, at the, she's at the age where, um, my patients can handle whatever she's doing because she's, you know, she doesn't want to be all over the place. She's focused on what she's doing as opposed to my son, like literally will throw paint at something and then try to like, just, you know, spear in all of the walls. Um, at three years old, he's just like done. Um, so I, I enjoy doing little projects with, with my daughter, um, and, and so cross stitch, I've started doing that at night, just doing even just a couple of little, little, you know, things, um, just to kind of get some of the energy out, mm-hmm. um, because I, I found that I will, I will, you know, retain some of that negativity and I just need to get it out in some way. Totally fair. Totally fair. So we'll wrap it up with this. You know, I, I often ask people like, what's the biggest piece of advice you could give people like going into the next phase of their career and yeah, letting some of the other stuff go and stepping into their, their new exciting role. What's the biggest, best piece of advice you could give them at this phase? Don't be afraid if what you're going to doesn't look exactly like where you were before. Um, it's okay to pivot and do something completely different if that's what you want to do. Um, I think that I've been very, um, very consistent in doing what I want to do and saying like, this is, this is the path. This is where I'm going to go. And I feel like it has paid off for me. Some days I feel like it has not. Now I'm like, man, if I'd stay in the army, I would, I'd be up for a Lieutenant Colonel right now, maybe. Um, I see my friends like pinning and I'm like, man, I, I would, but I'd also probably be miserable <laughs> because that was not my path. Um, you know, so don't, don't be afraid if your path doesn't look like someone else's or look like the path that you thought it was going to be, be happy and be okay with something that is completely different from expectation. Um, because you never know what it's going to bring you to next and always be open to that, um, you know, always be open to, to that randomness because it's not actually random. The universe always delivers. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us this week. I love that advice and uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure to, to have course. you here and as part of my team. And so I'm always super grateful for you. <laughs> super happy to be here. No problem. And so anyway, as always, Thanks for listening today and don't forget, don't just be bold, be bolder. Thanks again for listening today. Don't forget to join us on Patreon to support Boulder Inc., a nonprofit providing mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and financial health resources to entrepreneurs, founders, and teams to help them function at their best, to produce their very best. And of course, through Patreon, you get extra access to bonus episodes, merch, who doesn't love that, and more. If you're not already, subscribe and leave us a rating to keep growing the Be Boulder audience. You can find me on Instagram at BeBoulderCast and at Legally underscore Lens. And of course, check us out at TheBoulderLife.com. <laughs>